calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's the show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today, we have a special edition of our show at a special time, and I'm worked up to tell you all about it. Today's show is called Dating and Momentum. So just like what you learned in physics class, momentum is defined as mass in motion. It's an object's mass times its velocity. All objects have mass, so if an object is moving, then it has momentum. The amount of momentum that an object has is dependent on two variables. How much is that object moving and how fast is the object moving? Can you build momentum in your dating life? Yes, of course you can. It means increasing forward motion. For example, if a boulder is rolling down a hill, it gains momentum. If you're running for class president, maybe you might want to pass out a few flyers or create your social media or have a few rallies, right? So you want to boost up your presence. Okay, so that's called momentum. So once you have this momentum, you'll be way ahead of your opponents. And that goes for your dating life as well. So the synonyms for momentum are, and I know you have some of them, let's, let's collect as many as, many of these as we can. Drive, energy, force, power, push, strength, impulse, thrust, boost and impetus now inertia (laughs) unfortunately i'm sad to say that a lot of you are sitting on the couch and you have the opposite of momentum which is inertia which means that you have a tendency to do nothing or to remain unchanged this is not good so in physics inertia is the resistance of an object to any change in its motion, including a change in direction. An object will stay or keep moving at the same speed in a straight line unless it is acted upon by some external unbalanced force. So, inertia is a force. Inertia keeps a stationary object at rest. Now, object would have no inertia in a gravity-free environment. But you and I don't live in a gravity-free environment. And girls don't like inertia because it's the anti of what I talk about in my book. In my book, the number one core thing that women want is first C, which is confidence. So to have that momentum, all those wonderful adjectives that I gave you, girls love this. They're going to eat this up. And you're going to get so much It's going to be so much easier with your dating life once you adopt some of the same um, physics properties into your dating life. So to join me tonight, please welcome my guest, Todd Wittellis, and we're going to be talking about dating and momentum. Welcome, Todd, to the show. Thank you, Linda, and I'd like to congratulate you on the 300th episode. I'm very happy to be part of this one, of all things. 
thank you so much. What a momentous day this is, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad to have you here, and I, I'm. This is such a great topic, and I, and I think we absolutely can relate it to what's happening on that couch or in front of uh, you know porn and videos and whatever versus being an effective dater. So, what do you have to say about this topic? Well, it's this is something I I came to learn for myself over time, and I found it was very helpful to me in a, a dating situation. And I think a lot of people of both genders actually don't really think about it or really realize it. And it's a very important thing for one to keep in mind because this way, number one, you don't find yourself disappointed as often, and I'll get to the reason for that. And also. Uh, it allows you to get the most out of the potential of any dating situation. And when I say the potential, uh, there's some people you're simply not compatible with, and you learn that pretty quickly. There's others who are you are compatible with, but you may do something to screw it up, and then uh, it just ends up not working out because of actions on your part or inactions on your part that uh, makes it to where you can never come back from where you once were. The first two months, and especially the first two weeks of any dating situation are very, very important as far as establishing for the future. And if those don't go well, the chance of the relationship working out is about zero. It really is about zero at that point. You really have to establish something very good at the beginning, and then eventually it transitions to something more long-term where you're kind of just more used to each other, more feeling like a a softly addicted quality to being with each other, but the excitement kind of will die down as it will in every relationship after a few months. So the very beginning when it is exciting, the very beginning when it's building everything up, when you're beginning to establish everything is very important. And that's where the dating momentum takes place. And there are two ways you can mess up the dating momentum. One is by holding it back where it's uh, it's going a certain way, but you go, oh, no, 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 this is moving too fast, or, oh, no, 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 we, we shouldn't be talking this way this fast, or we shouldn't be doing this at this point, and you actually artificially hold something back, and that can completely ruin it. The second way, and this is actually more common, where you can ruin it, is by trying to artificially speed something up, by doing something or saying something too early. Now, what do I mean by too early? Do I Am I going to give you a timetable of do this at this time, do that at this time? No, because that's exactly what momentum is about is by getting a feel for when it should be done, for when things should be said, and each relationship is different, and you have to get a feel for how it is. And this is actually very important to women, and often they don't even know it, because uh, if something feels off to a woman when you're starting to date her, uh, she's just going to go away. She's just going to not want anything to do with you anymore. And you won't even know why. And I remember when I first started dating at the age of 17, uh, I found this incredibly infuriating where one day everything seemed great and then a few days later they don't want to take my call. And had I done something really wrong or had a big fight with them, I'd understand. I, I wouldn't be happy, but I'd understand. But I would yeah. be left scratching my head going, what just happened here? Why Why does? She, why did she think I was great three days ago? Nothing happened seemingly to have changed that, and now she, she doesn't like me anymore. How, how could this have happened so quickly and with nothing to cause it? Now, some of this is because uh, young girls and young women are very fickle, and that kind of uh, starts to uh, lessen over time. But still, 
some of that was momentum, or in this case, uh, it was the lack of momentum or doing something to destroy the momentum. You, you definitely don't want a situation where you interfere with the natural flow of how everything is going. And the, the good news here is that it doesn't take a lot of work or a lot of thinking. It just takes a little bit. Why? Because all you're doing is going along with what's already happening and, and uh, doing the right thing according to the way the situation is. It's a lot harder to actually forcefully change something, to slow something down that's starting to go too fast, to speed something up, which is going too slow in your opinion. That's what's harder. It's easier to just go with what's happening. But what's very important is to know what's happening, to see the signs of what's happening, and to see what the right thing is to do when, and also not to doubt yourself regarding feeling how things are going. I'll give you a simple example of, of a mistake that uh, a lot of people will make. Uh, say you go out with a girl and the date's just okay and there's really no sparks and uh, you can tell she's not having the greatest time and then the night ends and you go in for a, a good night kiss. Why? Why are you bothering? There, there, is, a, there is no spark. This is going nowhere. Uh, what, what's the point of the goodnight kiss? It's just, it's just awkward. You're just forcing something, even if she's agreeing to it reluctantly because she doesn't want to be rude. Uh, it, it, it's forcing something on which isn't happening naturally. You're just thinking, oh, well, it's a first date. We should have a kiss at the end of the first date. Not necessarily. And in fact, uh, if kisses are going to happen on the first date, it's not going to be a goodnight kiss usually. It's going to be a kiss that happens during the date on its own. And I have had dates where they weren't terrible. They just weren't good. They yeah. didn't have any kind of chemistry, and I felt that, and she felt that, and at the end, I didn't say, hey, uh, can I have a good night kiss? I just said, okay, nice meeting you, goodbye, and, and we leave. I'm polite. I, I don't uh, explicitly say, hey, we're not going to call each other again. She doesn't say that to me. We, we just leave. So that's, uh, that's the right way to handle that. Now, that's, uh, that's a very basic example, but um, I, I've also seen where, where it's worse, where beyond a good night kiss, guys will start to try to make something uh, sexual happen when the girl just isn't feeling it or isn't into it and they think well well why isn't it you know we i I took her out to dinner i treated her very nicely i was very polite there is no momentum and this you you have to be able to see it you have to be able to tell the signs when there's interest in you you have to show the interest back but not overdo it and and it's very easy because the way you do this is by not being phony, by not exaggerating how you feel, by not over-complimenting. But if you're honestly enjoying something, if you're honestly uh, having a good time, especially if she says she is, then then say so. If she, uh, Not hammering her with texts when she doesn't want them or it's bothering her, but if she shows a lot of interest in texting you back and forth – then, uh, then keep up with it. Then, then text back and, and keep up with the, the mood of everything and what happens as uh, with momentum in a non-dating perspective. If something has momentum, often it will speed up on its own. Uh, think of a, a wagon rolling downhill. If, uh, if, if you try to run ahead of the wagon, the wagon's not going to be next to you anymore. If you run behind it, mm-hmm. it's going to get away from you. But... It will also speed up as it goes down the hill, and uh, and, and if you stay with it, then it, it it moves faster and faster on its own, and yet you're still with it. So that's that's right. a good that's a good analogy here, and uh, and I, I can explain some things regarding 
uh, some examples with this and, uh, and and some advice I can generally give on how to use momentum to your advantage. Let me touch, before you get into more examples and advice, let me touch on two things that you said. Um, one thing that I find male daters are very, very guilty of, I'm not really sure why they do this, maybe you can enlighten me, I think maybe it's because of peer pressure or something, they definitely hold back. They, they they ignore their feelings. They ignore the fact that the date is going well. They ignore that she's into him and going um, at least the same speed as the guy is going, right? They ignore all of that. Oh, no, no. I can't make the next date. I have to wait 72 hours or I can't – I have to wait two weeks because otherwise she's going to think that I'm needy. So they play all these games, and meanwhile, when the person circles back two weeks later, she's no longer interested because she thinks that you're not interested, and she's moved on. She's mentally moved on. I see this happen a lot with guys. So my question to you is, why listen to your peers? Why have that peer pressure? In fact, it's horrible advice. And I agree with you. You should be paying attention to how fast that wagon is going. Do you need to speed up or slow down to be alongside of it? Whatever. If it's going well, why mess with it? Yeah, and I agree. I agree with everything you said there. And I do see that mistake occur a lot. It has gotten around over the years that uh, a guy should wait uh, two or three days before calling or texting after a date, no matter how good it is. And they say, well, the the problem is you don't want to come off too desperate. That's a big turnoff to women. Well, it is true that coming off too desperate is a turnoff to women. Coming off too excited, you you don't want to text I love you after the first date, for example, no matter how well it goes. Uh, That'll scare them off. But uh, where people make the mistake is you can also be wrong on the opposite end at what you described, where what happens is if you don't make contact for those few days, uh, Mm -hmm. what you're doing is you are holding back the momentum. If the excitement is building, if the date went well, if she wants to text you after the date, if she's looking forward to waking up and sending you a text when she wakes up, if you do not respond back or you just give like a one-word answer, not only does it make it look like you're not interested, it also holds it back from developing because the excitement starts to die down when she starts to have the feeling that either you're not into it or you just don't have time for her. Uh, When she's excited about something the next day of texting you and talking to you and seeing what you say next, and you want to keep that up. You want to respond, and then she responds, and you respond, she responds, and, and everybody gets very excited and really looks forward to seeing each other again and all you have to do is go with how you feel. So if, if she seems like she wants to keep talking to you and keep texting with you and, and see you again soon, then, then just keep responding and don't overdo it. Don't be phony and don't uh, – if, if you are overly excited about the thing, keep that in check a little bit. Don't say like you're the most wonderful girl I've ever dated. You don't ever – say anything like that you just project that you're enjoying it you're enjoying talking to her um you, you'd like to see her again and uh, a lot of this doesn't have to be explicitly said either and often you can wait for what she says to you as a cue to where you can say it back so she says yeah i, I had a really good time last night you can say yeah i i had a very good time too uh or or she's saying uh oh i i really like waking up and texting you in the morning and say, yeah, I, I really like uh, receiving your text. I, I was hoping you'd be texting me when I wake up. Th- that will never scare her away because she's already said that to you. She's already said, I, I, 
I, I was looking forward to texting you so you can say I was looking forward to receiving it. That's, that's totally fine. That will never scare them. Being on the level they are will never scare them. What scares them is when you get too fast, when you get ahead of them, and that's where you are trying to push past the momentum. Or what also kills it is when you're behind them, when you just uh, don't return it. So right. that's that's very important thing to do. And so would you say to these guys to disregard their friends, disregard the locker room talk? Because, you know, you just spent this girl for drinks. You spent 60 minutes or whatever. Meanwhile, your buddies you've known for five years, 10 years, 20 years. So if your buddies are telling you, oh, man, put the brakes on, don't call her for two weeks. Um, <laughs> what do you tell your buddies? It's like, back off, I'm, I'm fine, you know? I, yeah. mean, I don't know. What do you tell your buddies well, to shut them up? Because it's absolutely wrong advice that they're giving well, you. Well, first of all, you don't have to tell them anything because you can just listen to them and then say okay and then do something else. They're not going to be looking at your phone. Uh, yeah. Or or you could just say, then you know, I'm going to I'm going to do it a different way. I I've tried that before; it didn't work for me. Even if that's not true, you can just tell yeah. them I've, I've done that before, and, and it, the girl took I lost interest, and uh, I'm afraid it ruined something that looked like it was going to be pretty good. So so that's uh, that's what you have to do. You just have you can't ever get in the way of of uh, what is happening, or otherwise uh, people will start to lose the connection. They'll start to lose the excitement, and those critical first two weeks and critical first two months will not develop properly, and the whole thing will fall apart. Because you, before a relationship turns into a long relationship that can work, it has to be built upon a foundation of initial excitement and initial uh, strong feelings that one's, one has. And when I say one, I mean both people have to have for each other. And if you don't have that as the very base of the whole thing, then it will collapse. And, and part of the reason it collapse is because um, without that having occurred, without the memory of that, then um, people will sometimes subconsciously seek to find that with other people. They'll either cheat or they will just end the relationship and then go find it with someone else because they'll feel like they never had that. And people don't subconsciously think it. They don't consciously think of this. They don't consciously say, hey, you know what? I never had the exciting beginning, so let me go find this with someone else. It just They just naturally gravitate toward doing that, whereas if you started off very well and very exciting and then the more stable part of the relationship that comes later is basically good, then uh, nothing's going to be missing and, and the relationship is likely to work. Uh, what what will kill the relationship is either one that it had a bad start or a very mediocre start and just never had a good basis to begin with, or or two that just during the more stable phase you just don't get along or have incompatibilities and you drift apart, and uh, so it's it's usually one of those two factors in general. Of course, there's a lot of different things that cause the end of relationships, but those those are two very big ones, and and people don't even know why. It just uh, they just have the feeling they don't want to be there anymore. But going back to how you handle the the beginning we're still we're only talking about the first uh, two months here uh, once you're in more of a, a stable situation uh, this is different then you don't have to think about momentum anymore then it's uh, you have a whole different set of things to think about in a long relationship which we're not going to get into here this is about the beginning and by the way even if you're not looking for a long-term relationship you may say well forget all this I just I just want a date but I don't want any relationships right now and that applies to this too. This applies to everything. Even if you just want to go out and uh, and everything is, is basically physical for you, uh, th- this still applies. You have to have a feeling for where things are going because if you try to move too fast or move too slow, 
it will ruin things. doesn't matter if you're looking for a one-night stand or if you're looking for uh, a long relationship or somewhere in between. You always have to have a very good feel for where it's going and not try to push past that and not try to push too slow. And uh, now, now the guys who are that are that I'm talking about, the ones who artificially put the brakes on it. Here's as a woman. Here's what I think. This is how I thought when I was single. When you don't circle back for two weeks, I come to one of two conclusions: that either a you're married, or b you already have a girlfriend. And both of those events are turnoffs for me. So you're done. So I don't know what makes them think they're going to gain some advantage by waiting two weeks. Yeah, the belief is, and I, I, I've always been against this, the belief is that uh, if you come off like you don't care much, they're going to want you more. And yeah. that only goes so far. And in fact, that can sometimes yeah. work at the very, very beginning, but I still don't agree with it. But I, I can see the, I mean, like the very beginning, like in the very early interactions where, uh, um, some guys use this practice known as negging where they'll, they'll actually say negative things about a woman uh, and, and then kind of trying to place themselves above her so then she's going to want to date up and date her. I've never done that. I've never agreed with that. But there's some people who do it and claim they're successful with it. But, uh, but that, that doesn't even work in, in the short term because uh, the, what, what happens is other than the women who are very dysfunctional and, and subconsciously want someone to be abusive towards them most of them will be turned off that you're a jerk and, and same thing here if, if you just ignore them and, and don't call them after the first date they'll start to lose interest for for various reasons uh many of which you've already stated so right. so the, the way that uh you can do this it, it's just it's very simple and it's it's easy first of all before the first date if you're meeting if you already know someone beforehand this doesn't apply like if you knew them from work or if you knew you knew them from school you know them from church or you know them from some other activity or, or it's a friend of a friend you got to know then this doesn't apply but i'm talking about someone you meet online through a dating app or something like that which a lot of people are doing these days which i actually i, I was doing way before most people were doing it. I, I did this over 30 years ago but uh if you're meeting a girl that way um, I always say if you just go meet, if you just cook cold meat with barely talking, your chance of mm-hmm. success is very low because you it's very awkward. You barely know each other, and it's because you're coming in with no momentum. You're actually starting from zero miles per hour in, in the dating mm-hmm. situation. When you just go you, – you see someone, you, you swipe whatever way you're supposed to swipe. I don't even use those apps. I've, I've been in a relationship over 10 years, but so I, I, I'm not – doing that now but i was doing online dating before all those swiping apps began so it it all applies still today uh and uh so but you go if you just swipe whatever and then say hey let's let's meet up for coffee tomorrow um i can't i'm not going to say it never works but your chance is pretty low because you're actually starting with zero momentum you show up there and both people are going zero miles per hour from a dating standpoint you've got to build from nothing to get anywhere I have always recommended that you text and preferably talk on the phone beforehand. And if you don't want, I, I would personally like, I personally enjoy talking for a while on the phone before meeting, and unless I just don't like them at the beginning of the phone, and then I, I get off the phone and that's it. But uh, some people aren't really phone people; they don't like talking on the phone, and that's fine, especially these days. Hi, call. What's your first name and what city are you calling from? This is Monster Can Man from Premier, Massachusetts for the DJ, DJ Linda Glock, along with his, but her friend, Todd Widow. 
Is this Michael? Yeah. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the show. Thank you for the delay for waiting it waiting it out. We appreciate your being here. Thanks yeah, go out ahead. All right. So, do you have a question or or a comment regarding? We got to make the comments out there. Yes, there is an hold it. There is an issue about COVID nineteen. It's been spreading in at least uh, in Florida as of right now. So is Arizona and California. Okay. It's yep. Because, supposed to be Janessa Brazil. She's uh, because of her health is concerned. She was very. Everybody gets infected of COVID nineteen. Uh huh. Yep. Everybody did. But the other. Yep. And the home says my hopes and prayers of the uh, the Sunshine State of Florida, Arizona, and California and Texas. Please uh, be tested. Tested with COVID nineteen. Have a full recovery. Hope to the players, to the citizens of the, uh, for all of the four states. Say our prayers. Thank you so much, Michael. Yes, I hope everybody stays safe. Is Todd here? I'm here, Todd Mike. Todd is on the line. I, I am here, yep. yes. <laughs> what do you think, Todd? That's, that's beautiful, Mike. I don't understand what it has to do with the show, but that's great. <laughs> yep, it's the mystery person. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. No, thank you so much for calling. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right. The uh, Todd, the other thing I wanted to touch on <clears throat> before you change topics is the kiss. So I absolutely recommend at the end of the date, kiss her. Doesn't matter how the date is going. Maybe you had a bad day at work. Maybe you're not feeling well. Maybe you have a headache or whatever the deal is. Maybe the date isn't going that well. However, that I have been on many dates where the guy has been resurrected because of the kiss. Okay, so well, the kiss is good. You're going to get points. You're going to get another date. You're going to get another call. Okay, well, I have to disagree with that one. I guess we're going to have to have two different perspectives on this one <laughs> because I, I just find that uh, if if they don't want it, if they're not into it, then there's no point. It's, it's not going to no, get anywhere. I mean, if if they're not into it, if you lean over and she's pulling away, that's one thing. But if you lean over and she is engaged with you and, you know, is going along with it and is actually liking it, I'm saying a lot of guys make the mistake of not kissing her, meaning that the date, the 59 minutes up until then, maybe was kind of lukewarm or you don't know where you stand or whatever, so they skip the kiss. I'm saying... Especially if you're a good kisser, don't skip the kiss. Well, okay, I'll say this. It'll, uh, I'll it'll say buy I, you extra points. <laughs> I'll say I, I say I half agree with you here. Uh, I I once had a situation uh, when I was young that uh, yeah. there was a girl who liked me but was not uh, putting out uh, the signs very well. So I, I was very uh, I was having a very difficult time being able to tell what she wanted me to do, if anything. So I did nothing. And then she was very cold to me afterwards, and it was clear she didn't want to see me anymore. I found out later from a, a mutual friend that she complained, oh, you know, Todd, he just, I wanted him to kiss me. He wasn't doing it the whole time, and it, it frustrated me. I didn't want to see him again. I was like, oh, no, I messed that up because I, because I wanted to also. I messed it all up, and by then it was too late. So it, it is true that if they're hoping that you do that and you don't, then uh, it can ruin things, and that was a mistake I made. Uh, however, there's also a lot of mistakes the other way where 
guys are just not seeing the signs that the girl's just not really into them and that uh, it I, I feel it has to kind of organically happen where both people want it or otherwise it doesn't mean anything it doesn't go anywhere in fact it creates kind of a, an awkward situation for both people so I now I've never had that because I've I have always I've been good at being able to tell when they want that but also I've been a little too on on the too cautious side, so that makes it where I never get rejected for it, but uh, occasionally I wouldn't when I should have. And it's it's hard to get the exact right balance because you can't be a mind reader. But uh, right. uh, but and you're never going to get it completely right. Sometimes you're going to try. You can be on one side where you try too much and you get rejected. Sometimes you could be more like me where you maybe try too little because you don't always get a clear sign. But try to at least be able to tell what's really desired there. So I I guess I half agree. Like, you, you do definitely want that to happen by the end of the first date, or otherwise the date probably didn't go well. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a, so so it is kind of a situation where if, if it went well, it should have happened. And if it didn't right. go well, then uh, it, it if it didn't happen because it didn't go well, then you're not going to get a second date either way. So it is true right. that if you, if you complete the first date and there was no kiss, then there's a good chance there's not going to be a second one. Correct. Not 100%, but there's a good chance of that. By the way, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We are on with my co-host today, Todd Wattellis. We're talking about dating and momentum. You, too, can join us. We're on at a special time, special place, special phone number tonight. Just use it for tonight only, 702 430 one eight oh eight. Again, that number is seven oh two four three zero one eight oh eight. All right, go for it, Todd. What were you going to say? Yes. So what I was going to say was that uh, I prefer to have a phone call or or have texts of of some length, not just not just for like a few sentences back and forth to arrange something. I mean, where you get to know each other at least somewhat. Because mm-hmm. that already brings you in with the momentum. This way, when you show up, you already like each other. You already like each other's personality. You, you have somewhat of a connection, and women are very big on having an emotional connection. Guys are very physical. Guys will say, oh, if that girl's hot, I'd, I'd like to be with her. Uh, women, while they have a physical element to them too, they, they have to have an emotional connection uh, usually to want to have any interest. So this helps establish the emotional connection before you even see each other, and again, I'm talking about a situation like a blind date where you've uh, met online, through an app, whatever, and, and this way you come in already with an advantage, already with a decent chance of things succeeding. Uh, to let you know how well this works, when I got better at this as I got older and got more experienced, the women I would meet online that I would go ahead and meet in person, I had almost a 100% success rate in the short term, meaning I had almost no bad first dates. And it wasn't because I'm the best dater ever. It's because I was able to establish some momentum beforehand through through phone calls, through talking on the phone, through getting to know each other before we even met. And this way – and also I was able to weed out the ones I was unlikely to get along with because it's frustrating to go on a date and then the whole thing's no good. You don't get along. You don't really have anything in common. You have nothing to talk about. Who wants that? Who wants to even bother with it? Who wants the emotional letdown of trying that and it failing? And in fact, um, I, I've talked to people before who said, you know, I just want to meet as many people as possible and see which one catches on. Well, yeah, yeah. If, if you're an emotionless robot 
then great. But the problem is humans have emotions, and if you meet 20 people in a row and all 20 don't work and you're 0 for 20, it is incredibly frustrating. It is, in, it is incredibly draining to go on bad date after bad date after bad date or mediocre date after mediocre date after mediocre date and, and never have it work out. And you start to get the feeling like th- this is just never going to work. I'm never going to find anybody. This is, and you get very jaded because things just don't work. Whereas if you weed this out somewhat, talking a little bit, uh, texting and, and over the phone, then you get an idea for who you're already not going to get along with. And this is, again, where momentum comes in because if you feel no momentum is building – when you're texting, when you're talking on the phone, then don't meet. Then and, and it's a much lesser, and when I say much, I really mean much, a much lesser letdown if you give up on something before actually meeting rather than meeting and the date's not good. It's not the end of the world if you meet and the date's not good, but if you add a bunch of these together and you go through a lot of first dates in a row that don't work out, you start to get disillusioned with the whole thing. And I know a lot of people of both genders who feel that way. People people who mm-hmm. go on so many bad first dates in a row where they have nothing in common, they're incompatible, it's awkward, it goes nowhere, and they say, you know what, forget it, I don't even want to do dating, this isn't even worth it to me, this is too much trouble, it's too frustrating. And it's frustrating because you're doing it in a manner where your chance of success is low. Where Each time you go meet, the chance of success is low. I, I prefer having high odds i prefer meeting with the chance of success being very high and that's why i put a little more time into each one before meeting rather than just trying to meet as many as possible because i know i would be frustrated i know if i would were to go on 20 first dates in a row and 20 of 20 would be lousy or 19 of 20 would be lousy i would hate it i I would just say forget i don't want to date at all if it's gonna be this way and i think a lot of people feel that way sometimes without even realizing they feel that way so that's why i feel you should establish the momentum beforehand. Get to know the person a little beforehand, and if you're liking what you're seeing from the texting back and forth, liking what you're hearing on phone calls, then then go meet. And I'm not saying you have to talk on the phone for a month or, or text for a month before meeting. You, you can even do this all in one day. Just mm-hmm. you, you make some conversation. You, you start enjoying talking to each other. You start learning about each other. So maybe you'll learn something you don't like. Maybe you'll see you don't like their personality type, and you'll say, you know what, I'm not going to get along with this person. Forget it. I'm not going to even meet him. And, and sometimes they'll think that about you, and you're actually doing yourself a favor. You may think you're not doing yourself a favor by driving them away, by by talking to them beforehand. No, you're you're doing yourself a favor because it would have happened in person most likely too. And, and yes, there's a few times where you might come off better in person than you would on text or on the phone, and that uh, you could ruin something that could have been good. But that's a small minority. Usually, if you don't get along at the beginning through texting and talking on the phone, you're not going to get along in person. You're, you're doing yourself a favor. You're saving yourself time. You're saving the other person time. You're saving a lot of frustration. So that's that's at the very beginning. Then once you meet, you need to kind of build on that. You go along with, with what you've already built before you meet, and you, you just – you don't overcompliment. That's a very important thing. Don't keep repeating, oh, you're so beautiful – Oh, you're so nice. Oh, you're so wonderful. Oh, I haven't, I've never dated someone like you before. Like, these things sound phony. They make you sound like someone who's saying whatever he can to make something happen. You make, you make yourself seem like a liar, someone they can't trust. If you're, the best thing you can do is be yourself and go along with what's happened. Show the best side of yourself. If there's bad habits you have, it, it, you, you know, suppress them as much as you can. If you have a temper, suppress that. If uh, little things frustrate you, uh, don't don't show it. Like so, you can show the best side of yourself. I, I always say it's like uh, 
when you go shopping at the supermarket and you see steaks there out for purchase, they always put up the best side of the steak. They put the bad side down and you can't see. So when you're dating, you want to have the best side of yourself up, like the best side of the steak. So you can do that, but don't be phony. Still be yourself. Be the best side of yourself, but you should still be yourself, not be phony, not say things you don't mean. And you don't need to do any of that stuff. That's the thing. People put effort into doing these things that just hurt them. Yeah. It, it takes effort to lie. It takes effort to be phony. It takes effort to say things which you really don't feel. Don't. You, it's it's never going to work. It's not uh, – you may think you're good at, at flattery. You're, you're good at being – at saying what people want to hear. You're probably not as good as you think, and you probably are ruining things by doing it and not realizing it. So you – You'll do much better if you just be yourself and more suppress any faults you have to the best of your ability. That's That will really help you. And also, just don't hold things back and don't push for things to, to happen too quickly. Absolutely. I love it. And that's – if you take this advice, I'm telling you your dating life will get – much better and uh i a lot of times i see people making mistakes friends of mine who are dating and i'll say okay well what's wrong they'll tell me i'll say no 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 don't do this don't do that like there's some things that just jump out to me as being very obvious as to why it's not working Uh, i want to mention one other thing kind of related to all this that if there's something you really don't like about the person at the beginning Unless your plan is really just very short term, you really just want a one-night stand, unless it's like that, if you see things jump out at you that you really just don't like right at the beginning, just give mm-hmm. up. Just walk away. Don't think, oh, they'll grow on me. Oh, I'll get to like them better. Oh, I'll get to look past this. Oh, but there's this and this good thing about them. Uh, don't, because all it's going to do is it's going to lead you down a path where you eventually have to end it because you're not happy. And you'll also hurt the other person at the same time because what if they're into you and, and you've kind of been forcing something you don't really want. And that's a lesson I learned when I was young too. I, I did that as well. There was a, a girl I dated that uh, uh, she had a lot of good qualities, but sadly I just was not physically attracted to her. And uh, this was – my standards weren't even super high as far as looks. They just had to be past a certain baseline. And, and unfortunately, as far as what I was attracted to, she didn't make it. But I thought, well, everything else is so good. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be shallow. It was a big mistake, big mistake because we were never able to establish the momentum. I, I never felt the excitement. I never felt like I really wanted to, to be with her and talk with her. I just kind of went through the motions because she was nice and she was, seemed like a good person and she seemed uh, fun to be around. But the truth was, I just wasn't physically attracted to her. And eventually, after about six weeks, I was not enjoying the relationship at all. So I. I ended it, and she was very angry and bitter about it because she realized she knew she hadn't done anything wrong, and I, I yeah. couldn't I couldn't tell her the truth. I didn't want to hurt her and say, "Yeah, I'm just not attracted to you." So I, I I made up some reason which didn't make a lot of sense, and she was very angry and bitter and hurt about it. And I thought at the end of the whole thing, "Wow, I just made a big mistake. I'm never going to do this again." So it's not just about physical attractions; it's anything. If there's if there's certain criteria you have, whatever it might be. That uh, it, it could it could be about age. You could say, uh, um, I, I really only want to date someone who's uh, my age or, or younger. And then you meet a woman who's 15 years older, and you're having fun at first. You like her; she looks good for her age. You da- you date her a while, and, and then uh, 
Um, but but you, it really kind of bothers you that she's 15 years older than you. But you just say, oh, yeah, everything else is good. Why should I care about this? Well, if this is something you've always cared about, you're probably not going to be able to get past it. You could probably get past it for a few weeks. Eventually, it's going to bother you. Eventually, you're going to want go back to your original standards. So the solution, just don't start. Don't don't even bother at the beginning. If if you're someone who doesn't like someone older, don't date someone older. Just be, just because in the moment, uh, everything else seems okay, and it could be applied to any characteristic the person has, whether it's their age, their looks, their personality, uh, the place they are in life. Uh, I, I once had one where there was a girl, everything was good about her, except she had an incredibly unstable life and financial situation. She was flat broke. She had nowhere to live. She was couch surfing. And I said, oh, I, I don't want to deal with this. I know within a week she's going to want to move in with me. <laughs> she, right. and she, I, I didn't feel like she was using me for that. I, I, I could feel she genuinely liked me, but I also knew that that's where she'd want to jump to next because uh, it was a lot better than couch surfing on a friend's uh, couch that didn't really want her there. So I, I said, I, I don't want to deal with this. This is this isn't the situation I want to get into. So so I ended it, and I, I kind of chided myself for having gotten involved in this in the first place. I didn't get involved for very long. I, I ended it a few days into it, seeing what was coming. But I, I knew this from the beginning about her unstable situation. So, And I knew this was something that was going to be a problem for me. But I went forth anyway because everything else was good. So you, I'm not saying you have to be a perfectionist, but if there's a major deal breaker there that, that really goes against what your personal standards are, you're never going to establish the the full momentum you need at the beginning. And again... The whole thing is going to fall apart. Uh, also, if there's a big fight at the beginning, if there's fights at the beginning, there's arguments at the beginning, that's another huge red flag. Even if when the good times are good, they're great. If you're yeah. arguing a lot at the beginning, if there's a lot of contention at the beginning, even if there's some contention at the beginning, you should run away from that because that shouldn't be happening. In something that's right. good, there, every, everyone should be on cloud nine. Everyone should be on their best behavior. Everyone should be overlooking. In fact, in fact, you're naturally usually overlooking the faults the person has. This stuff usually comes out later when the relationship gets more of a stable phase where you start to notice things that bother you about the person. And when the excitement dies down and you start to see these things more clearly. And it happens in all relationships. If anyone says, oh, I love every single thing about the person I'm with, they're lying. There's always things about the other person that will bother you, and there's things about you that are going to bother them. And that's just the way it is. There's just so many different uh, aspects to one's personality that uh, you're, you're, there's going to be certain things that you don't really like about each other. But uh, if they're if they're not big, you can get past them. So I'm not saying to be a perfectionist and run off with the slightest fault you see. I'm saying that any uh, but but if there's fights if there's a lot of arguments at the beginning you think it's bad now wait till you see in a few months when the excitement dies down it's going to be horrendous there's no chance that's going to work i don't know anybody who has been able to stay in a successful relationship or marriage where the beginning was full of fights so don't bother no matter how good everything else is you have to remember again to build the proper momentum there really has to be a great beginning and and then you have to build on top of that. And if you don't, it's just never going to work long term. So, and and how do you see the momentum? You just you just observe. You just look for obvious signs. The, for example, does the girl make contact with you? Does she text you without you texting her? I'm not saying you should wait for her to text you, but is she very responsive when you do text her? 
if you text her, she answer very quickly, unless she's very busy at work or sleeping or whatever. Uh, is she responding quickly? Is she responding with long messages rather than one-word answers? Is she calling you? If you call her, does she make a lot of time to talk to you, or does she quickly get off the phone all the time? Uh, does she genuinely seem like she's enjoying interaction with you, or does it kind of seem like it's a chore? And you can get a feel for that if you're honest with yourself about the situation. And same with in person. When you're there with her in person, you can tell if the person's really liking the time you're having together, and they're smiling a lot, and they're laughing a lot, and they're and they the body language like they seem to be getting close to you. Uh, that's a great sign. If they if they seem to be kind of bored and uh, not very physically close to you, and just it looks like they're not having the greatest time, they're probably not. And then there probably is not momentum being established. But if you just go with what you naturally feel and don't doubt yourself and don't doubt your perception of the situation, if you're perceiving that the girl isn't into you. Even if you go, well, but logically, when I think about it, it kind of seems like she is because, you know, she's uh, um, she's with me here and nothing's gone wrong and uh, and we've been friendly to each other. So, no, I bet she isn't to me. No, if, if you're having the feeling she's not, she's probably not. Sometimes you can't tell. Right. But if, you, if you're really having the feeling, like, I don't, I'm just not really feeling she's into me, but but my brain's telling me logically she is. Then, no, she's not. You'll you'll be able to feel it probably. And and that's important to go with. And 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 as Linda said earlier... Don't let anyone talk you out of proceeding the way you feel that uh, it is proceeding on its own. Just go with it. Ride, ride. Think of it like a wave you ride on your surfboard or boogie board. That you uh, you, you can't tell the wave to go faster or slower. It's just going to carry you. And that's kind of what the momentum of a relationship is like. And that's when you're going to do the best. If you, yeah, it's clearly the best opportunity to do well. Is to do what what is happening and unfolding naturally. Yes, and that's what people. A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people think that if they either uh, try to speed it up artificially, or if they try to make something occur on a timetable. So, oh, we shouldn't be saying this at this point, or we shouldn't be doing this at this point. We got to slow this down. That's going to ruin it. Uh, let's talk about where you say "I love you." When do you say that? You say that when it seems right to say it. You, not what not when you think you should say it to sound good, not when uh, you're saying it, not because you uh, you you don't want to hold it back too long. You don't want to say it too early for sure. You also want to get a feel for is the other person really feeling that? And this is nothing you do very early either. You don't say this after uh, one day, one week. No matter how strong you're feeling, you have to wait at. at sometime before doing that at all. But as far as when you drop that, it's better if she says it first because then there's no problem. Uh, sure there's a problem because sometimes you're not ready. You're not there yet. Well, I'm, I'm talking about if you feel it too. If, if, you're, if you're feeling it too but don't know when to say it and then she says it first, then that's a big burden off your back because then you can say it back with no fear. Uh, right. If, if, uh, if you're but not she feeling doesn't, She doesn't know that you're not feeling it too. Yeah. That's, that's a, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like I, my advice is to always, uh, in this particular subject, I think it's best to do the timetable of the guy because the guy's timetable is always a lot slower. 
you know, months <laughs> slower than a woman's. So she in month one already is saying, I love you and you like her. You want to get to know her more, but you're, you're nowhere near there yet. You're nowhere near the I'm in love with you part yet. Well, so it's awkward and it may actually deflate the whole situation. Well, some guys, believe it or not, I've, I've known some guys who are, who are overly uh, emotional and get caught up in the excitement of the whole thing and and actually mistake it as love and then they they and they will actually say it and scare the girl off uh or if the so and and sometimes uh, even though it, it is true that deep love is not going to start within a month there's there's no way okay but uh, sometimes it's said before it actually has gotten there but if it's i feel if it's on the way there and both people are are feeling it if the girl says it, you have the feeling like, yeah, I want to say it too. Then say it back. It's that you're not committing to anything. You're not, uh, and it, it may get there anyway. And if it doesn't get there, then it, then it ends, and that's that. You just don't want you don't want a situation where one person is feeling it and the other isn't, and that person says it to that person, and then the, the second one who doesn't feel it feels really uncomfortable and scared off. If, if both people are feeling it, even if it's not real, then yeah. it's fine because there's no harm. That's 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 the way I feel about it. You just don't so. Like so that. wait, let, let me let me understand. So if she says it first and you're not feeling it, your advice is to go ahead and say it back because no. guess what? Tomorrow morning she's going to say it again. No, no, no. If you if you don't feel it, and when I say yeah. I don't when I say don't feel it, I mean I'm not talking about whether you're hundred percent sure that you're in love with her and that, uh, that you want to get married and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking yeah. about if if you're kind of feeling like you've wanted to say it. But you're going, no, 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 it's, it's only been a month. It's too early. I can't say this. And then she says it to you, and you've been thinking yeah. of saying it anyway. Then go ahead and say it, even though in reality that's kind of too early to have those that strong a feeling. You can just kind of trick right. yourself into believing you do. If she says it to you after a month and you're like, oh, I'm not really into that girl that much, you, no, you shouldn't You shouldn't uh, mislead her. And how do you handle that? Well, there's no, there's no easy way to handle that when someone says that to you and you're not into that. Uh, however, at that point, you should get the idea that if she's feeling that way and you're not feeling it, uh, you may want to just end it at that point to not cause further hurt. Like maybe not at that minute, but sometime pretty soon after that. So you can uh, stop this from proceeding and setting false expectations. Uh, I'm just saying if you feel what she's feeling, then you shouldn't worry about the timetable of of saying it. But you should also be careful about saying it first. I, I agree that if you feel what she feels, she just jumped the gun and said it first. I agree with that. But what if she says it and you're not there just yet? It's not a no, but in your mind, you're still in the I'm getting to know you phase. You're just not there yet. Well, you're that's, not in the I'm I, in I, love <laughs> phase yet. I don't, I, that's a tough a no. one. That's you very like tough. Her. That's right. Very- you like her. You want to spend time with her, but... In your mind, you're thinking, oh, okay, well, I need like at least another two, three dates to figure all this out. You're not there yet. Yeah, unfortunately, there's no good answer to that because whatever you do has a downside. What, right. Whatever your action, reaction or action at that point, there's going to be some way that you can screw yourself either by uh, – if you say it, then you're not being sincere about it, and then you can mislead her and, and set false expectations. And if you try to – if you just try to not react to it, it's going to cause a lot of hurt. Or if you try to give the speech, hey, it actually hasn't been long enough. I like you. We're not here yet. She's going to feel really stupid, and it's probably going to ruin the momentum too. I don't even know what to do. Like I, I don't know what the answer is because it's, it's one where – it's one of those situations where – Everything you do or say has a downside. It's it's like being in a right. job interview and they ask you, "What's your biggest fault?" There's no there's no good way to answer that one. 
that's, that's an impossible to answer question without uh, harming yourself in some way. So that's right. uh, similarly here when that happens, there's no way out of that one without there being a problem. And that's why you do have to be careful, but you can do this to her too. The same th- the same would apply if you say this to yeah. her and she's not feeling it yet. That's why you have to be very careful when you say that. And similarly, you have to have a good feel for when to ask for the relationship to be exclusive, when you should actually call her your girlfriend, when she calls you her boyfriend, when you transition to that. Again, you let the momentum carry you there. Uh, the girl I'm with now, I've been with her for uh, 11 years, and, and uh, we, wow. we, ha- we have a kid together, uh, which was planned. was not an accident. And uh, But the way that began, it was someone that I actually knew from back in college, so it wasn't someone that I met cold online, which helped. But we also hadn't talked in 16 and a half years, and we came into contact on Facebook. I had liked her back then. But uh, we never dated back then in college. And, and so we, we, we were doing all the talking on the phone and online. And uh, we got to like each other very quickly. And, uh, and, so, and I talked to her then about momentum. I actually talked about it with it. I was feeling the momentum. I didn't mention that on the first call. But as, as we, yeah. got to, we were talking every day. Now, at the time, there was a little complication. I was living in Las Vegas, and she was in uh, the L.A. area. So it wasn't that easy to just go see each other uh, and drop everything and do that. But the... What what I'm going to say here about that is that uh, we were both also seeing other people mm. when we got to talk to each other, but ne- n- we were not seeing anyone seriously. We were kind of doing kind of casual dating with other people at the time, and we both didn't tell each other at the very beginning that this was going on. Now, again, neither of us was in a relationship. Neither of us was in anything headed towards a relationship. We were just kind of uh, uh, dating and talking to uh, multiple people and both on our own without even discussing it, both decided that we liked each other enough to where we independently went and told the other people we were dating that uh, we're we're ending it. And then it was funny when we had that discussion that we both revealed that, oh yeah, I I told this person that uh, we can't continue anymore. And it turned out we both had that exact thing going on at the same time. So you do have to decide at some point, uh, do I like this person enough to where I want to date them and only them? And Mm -hmm. same, of course, it goes both ways. Uh, When do you bring that up? And unfortunately, some people will jump into that too quickly. After two or three good dates, they'll jump into it and say, uh, would you like to be my girlfriend? Would you like to uh, not see other people? And then like the I love you thing, it can make the whole thing very uncomfortable if you're not ready to do that. If one side's not ready to do it, uh, and, and some people can wait too long. Some people can uh, just never want to broach the subject and make it seem like the relationship's going nowhere. Make it seem like it's never going to get to that phase, which shouldn't take that long to get to if it's going well. It shouldn't take. Okay. It shouldn't be instant. It shouldn't be within days. But it, it's something that shouldn't drag on for months if, if you really like the person, because then they're going to figure that you don't like them enough to not want to date other people. So is, this is again a situation where you have to feel it out. You have to kind of get an idea with what they're saying, get an idea if you think that they might be dating others. And and then at some point when it seems like that everything's going great, everything really has to be going very well. If things aren't going that great, don't bother with this. But if things are really going well and some time has passed, you know, maybe it could be two weeks or something like that, it could be more, it could be a little less, but not much less, then if you're feeling it, if you feel the momentum's there, then you can bring up the subject, or if she brings up the subject and you feel that this is what you want to do, no matter what it is. She could, she brings this up four days into this, and you think, you know what? She's really great. I really like her. I don't want to date anybody else. And she wants to date, only date me. Great. Okay. Let's do it. 
Like there's no there's no harm in doing that. If if both sides are very into that, if both sides want that, there's no harm in it. You don't have to worry about oh it should be proceeding at this timetable. You you just do it. And and that's gives you the highest chance for success. And that's been my theme with all of this as you've heard during this entire episode that the good news is that you just go with the flow, you be yourself, show the best side of yourself. Don't try to hinder anything that's happening. Don't try to push anything that isn't happening. And be willing to walk away and give up if at the beginning stages there's major problems or things are not moving properly or just kind of dragging along. I've also known people who just will just keep date, casually dating for months. I, I've talked to a woman I know recently who she was telling me of a guy that she she just sees him every few weeks. Uh, and been doing it for, four, for like four or five months, and it's not like a uh, a physical thing. They're not just doing this as like a friends with benefits. They're they're doing this in a real dating format, but somehow seeing each other every three weeks. I, mean, mm-hmm. I said, where can this be going? Why, why why do that? I don't know. You know, we have a pleasant enough time when together, and maybe it'll develop into something. And I said, no, it doesn't work that way. I said, it's been and, for- and it's and it's not a long distance relationship. No, right? it's, it's not even long distance. So so I said, wow. so I asked, I asked, okay, it's been four or five months. Do you have strong feelings for this guy? He said, no. I said, well, exactly. That's, that's exactly what I would think would happen. This is, this is going to go nowhere. You can't see each other every three weeks and barely talk. You've got to, it, it's got to be something you actively do or don't do it at all. And, and right. again, if they're, if they're just doing it because they, they, they both have uh, physical needs and want to get together every so often and they're friends and they just, they, they both want that, fine. But that's not what the situation was. They were really doing this from a, a dating perspective. And I said, that's a tremendous mistake and you can never establish momentum that way. Right. And the, and the danger in being with somebody that you really are not excited about, that you really, or maybe as you said earlier, they have this flaw or that flaw or that line in the sand that you don't want to cross, is it prevents somebody who is an ideal candidate from entering into your life because you're already occupying your time and space with this person that it's not going to work out. Yeah, definitely true. And some men also don't look at it that way because they say, well, I don't have a biological clock, so I don't have to worry about if I want kids one day that I've got to do it before 40. I, I can I can just do this later. Who cares if I waste time? Well, like Linda just said, you might be robbing yourself the opportunity of meeting or dating somebody else that is a lot better for you. And in the relationships I had that just were never good, that lasted for yeah. a while, my biggest regret at the time when they were over was that – I could have met somebody else during that time, and I'll never right. know. I could have met someone who was really great, and I'll never know because I was uh, with somebody I just wasn't that happy with, and I just wasted that time. And that's that was the way I'd feel. Not not every time a relationship didn't work out. There were some relationships that were good and then just went bad eventually, and I don't feel that way about that. But ones that were from the start just never that good, I say, why did I spend nine months on this? That's uh, right. What? Who else could I have met during these nine months? That that would be that was the way I I had felt when those would end, and that was my biggest regret of the whole thing. So exactly, don't don't waste your time with someone you're just not that into. Right. Also, I want to touch on 
a sense of urgency. I think a lot of guys today, they're listening to social media, they're listening to what the press is saying, you know, the sexes are equal, and of course, she should ask you out on the date. Of course, she should pay for the date some of the time. Of course, she should be the first one that makes the move, etc., etc. So anyway, my question is, a lot of guys sit on the couch and they're and they're playing what I call the feminine role waiting for the phone or the text to come through because they're waiting for her to do it what well, do you say to those guys well you you have to take the initial action to get everything started uh, it, it's unlikely that women are just going to approach you uh, in, in fact, on, on dating apps, in fact, they did studies that show that uh, they created like six fake female profiles and six fake male profiles of various attractiveness for both sexes and then yeah. would see how many responses they got. And it, the women got an overwhelming res- more number of responses, like exponentially more. Even the really right. good-looking guys in these fake accounts got far fewer initial contacts than the unattractive women. The unattractive women got far more messages than the really good-looking guys. So that mm-hmm. says a lot. That's, uh, what that's showing is that the initiative has to be taken by the man to get things going in most cases. There, there will be times where you will, where a woman will just show interest in you, usually when you get to know, uh, not in that way, but where you just know a woman from somewhere and she's just overtly showing interest in you. That will probably happen at some point. Or, and probably already has at some point in your life. But uh, in general, you have to get the ball rolling. And if, you do, if, you put, if you're a man and you put no effort into dating happening at all, it's probably not going to happen for you. You have to actually get things started. And uh, now you don't want to become a pest. You, you don't want to keep persisting if they're not interested. You've got to look for the signs of that. And if you see the signs that there's no interest, just go away. Just, you, you don't have to say anything either. You, you, sh- you shouldn't make a snide comment on the way out. Just, just stop texting. Stop calling. Stop emailing. What, whatever way you were communicating, just, just stop. And, and that's it. Just, just walk off. And that will happen to everybody. It's not an insult. It's just some people are, just aren't compatible with you. And, and that's the way it is. But, but you, you do have to start off whatever way you are choosing to meet women. You do have to get the ball rolling yourself. And you do have to show some, some initiative. And... So I think what you're saying is the odds are not in your favor to just sit on the couch and do nothing. No, the the odds are terrible. That's uh, <laughs> there, there's there's men I know that, that haven't dated in like 20 years and have been single all this time. And I and I ask them, well, how's that possible? How how can there be 20 years where you don't have one date? And these are it's not like these are guys who are really ugly or, or have a, a major flaw. Uh, yeah. They're not they're not perfect, but they're not ones I would have pictured we would go 20 years without a date and and. And it's not that they're asexual or just don't have any drive to do this. They just they just don't want to, for whatever reason, take any kind of initiative to meet women at all. And if you don't make any kind of effort whatsoever to get the ball rolling, then it's just not going to happen. Right. How shall we address the guy that is starting from zero? As I, as I was saying at the top of the show, the guys who are in inertia and maybe they're in that state of mind because a they're living with mommy 
B, they hate their job. C, you know, they're not making enough money, you know, in their eyes or whatever. Or maybe uh, they were in a long-term situation. Um, maybe they were married for 10 years and, and boom, they got a divorce and now the whole dating world has changed from 10 years ago. So they don't want to learn new tricks and new dating apps and whatever. So anyway, for the guys that are really and truly starting from zero inertia, what do we say to them? How do we get them up and out the door and to get that ball rolling, so to speak? Well, you've just got to do it. You've got to ask yourself, do I want this? Do, do I want to date now? If you, maybe if you just got a divorce uh, two months ago or you just separated two months ago, you don't want to do it. You just think I'm not emotionally ready to to see other women. And that's fine. You, you should only do this when you are ready to do it. And mm-hmm. then once you are ready, then you whatever method you choose to do this to, to try to meet women – uh, and, and each person, when I say whatever methods, because everybody has something that works for them. Every, you have to find what works for you, which way that uh, you think you'll be most successful uh, meeting women, which way you feel most comfortable meeting women. Uh, I've, I've always felt most comfortable online, even way before this became the thing everyone was doing, as I mentioned earlier in the show. But not everybody's right. like that. I know not everybody's me. So whatever way you find that, that you're most comfortable meeting women, then you need to... Just go do it. I mean, I don't, I don't know much more I can say. You have to actually say, this is not going to happen unless I actually take the initiative to do it. And I have to go in with the attitude that I'm going to try to give myself the highest chance to make this successful, but I will accept failure. I'm not going to get too frustrated if I talk to women that we're just not clicking or if I go on a first date and it fails. But I'm going to do everything in my power to try to only meet the ones I think there's a high chance of success. I'm going to do everything in my power to uh, give myself the best chance going in so when we do have that first date, I have a much better chance than, uh, than starting from zero. We're, we're actually starting above that. And human nature is that if you enjoy doing something, if something's going well, you want to keep doing it. If something isn't going well, you don't want to keep doing it. And this right. is something that happens subconsciously. And sometimes people won't do this because they either are failing and they're just tired of failing or have a fear of failure. Or they have friends that have been failing and they don't want to deal with it. And if the, the way to get around that, the way to get past that is to think, okay, well, what can I do to where I have the least chance of failure? That doesn't mean zero chance, but what, what can I do to have the least chance of failure – and then now I'm going to go do it. I'm, I have a plan the way I'm going to approach this and then go try it. And you can also tweak the plan if certain things – if you know certain things aren't working. I remember, when again, when I was much younger, I was uh, – I'd meet women online. We'd talk on the phone, whatever. It would be great. We'd go meet uh, for lunch and it would fail. And mm-hmm. I, I, start, I noticed after a lot of dates that there was a pattern emerging. If we met at night – the chance of the first date going well was very high. If we met during the day, the chance of it going well was very low. And I said, what is wrong here? Is it that, uh, is it that I'm so ugly that I need to be seen in the dark for it to work? <laughs> and, and, and so I said, no, 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 that's not it. I, I realized what it was. It was that the atmosphere that you're meeting, that we met the first time at night, is just much more of a romantic situation, a much more of a, of a different mood that's uh, – conducive to it working out where during the day it almost is like business-like it's it's just you, you go you go meet someone for right. coffee at a mini mall with a the hot sun beating down on you at 12 p.m it's just not the same feeling as you as, as you, you go 
at night and and go do something together. And so there was a clear pattern that emerged there that meeting at night works out very well and the day usually doesn't. So what would happen? I'd be talking to a girl and she'd say, hey, you know, you want to meet for coffee today at noon? No. No, how about, how about, let's let's no. go meet tonight at at, at uh, this time. Like I I wouldn't explain why, but I would do this because I would be tweaking the way I was doing things to give myself the highest chance of success. Did I want to meet her sooner at twelve? Yeah, but I'd, I'd rather wait till six hours later if she can't make it tonight. I'd rather meet tomorrow at seven p.m. than today at twelve p.m. If I've noticed that at seven p.m. I do much better, so you'll start to notice these things for yourself. Of, of when you do best, when you don't do best, and you can start to tweak things according to your own experiences and and give yourself the best chance of success, and then you'll enjoy it all a lot more, and you'll have a lot better experiences. And that that's uh, – uh, and by the way, as you mentioned about what if the person's not in an ideal situation? What if they still live with their parents? What if they don't have a job? What if they don't have much money? A lot of times you can get around that. Now – there are some things that are hard to get around. If you have no car and you're in a place where people typically have cars, I'm not talking about Manhattan, but yeah. you're somewhere – you're in L.A., for example, and you, you don't have a car. Uh, it's, it's hard to get around that because uh, it's, it's kind of hard to say, hey, you know, pick me up. Uh, it, it, it's kind of – Well, even, even that's easy now. Just take a Lyft or an Uber. We, right. You can take a Lyft somewhere, but then yeah, – I guess I guess that is true. See, I haven't been dating yeah. in over 10 years. This, this, is where I'm, <laughs> this is where I'm showing my inexperience in, in, outdated, in, 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 in recent times. But, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I guess you can do that. So, but, uh, yeah. so, so there's some things that, that can be tough to get around, but, but she just pointed out one example of where you don't have a car and instead of stating off the bat, hey, I don't have a car – you just yeah. uh, take the lift there, or if if you're living with your parents, well, don't go back to your place. Just don't don't invite her back there. Or if she wants to come back, you you can make some excuse. The the, the plumbing's not working right now. You can't do this forever. If she's going to think you're you're married or, or trying or you living my, with a my girlfriend. Room, my my roommate's home. Or yeah, something. yeah. My, my, <laughs> right, my roommate's home. You can think of this beforehand, and, and now you you can't deceive forever about this. You have to. You have to admit to this eventually, and that may drive them yeah. away if the situation isn't the best. But uh, but that can stop. The problem at the beginning, and uh, like I, I had a weird situation going on. Um, if, if you guys look me up, my name is Todd Wittelis, spelled W-I-T-T-E-L-E-S. If you Google me, you'll see that I have a Wikipedia page, and you'll see that I'm a professional poker player. And in the 2000s, when poker was uh, much bigger as far as the mainstream following it, uh, I lived in Las Vegas, and uh, I, I wouldn't say I was famous, but there were people who knew me. Like I, around town, a lot of people just knew me because of, mm-hmm. of being a pro poker player who had won a World Series of Poker bracelet. Well, when I was single, I found this was a problem because I, I didn't want to attract gold diggers, women who would just be dating me because uh, I was a poker player and they thought I was going to be uh, uh, supporting them or I was going to be uh, spending lavishly on them. I, I didn't want them liking me for that reason. So right. so when I would talk to them, I would have a hard time. I, I didn't want to say what I did. And I so I would, I would sometimes say, oh, I just work with computers, which was my previous job. It wasn't a... A complete fabrication. I, I was a computer programmer before that. And uh, so I would say that. And then I also wouldn't give my last name at the beginning. I just wouldn't volunteer it. And I wouldn't tell them anything about poker. And uh, and then when we'd meet, if I get to like them, then I would open up about the poker thing. And, uh, and I'd go from there. So the thing was, even there, I was hiding something which wasn't even a negative. It was just something I didn't want being utilized by women who were looking to use men and, and having the wanting to date me for that reason. So right. you, you, you don't have to put out everything 
before you meet the person. You don't have to say, oh, by the way, I live with my parents. Hope you're okay with that. Oh, by the way, I'm unemployed right now. Hope you're okay with that. Uh, by the way, I'm broke right now. I hope you're okay with that. Like, you don't have to tell all these things at the beginning. I, I wouldn't advise deceiving for any length of time or, or deceiving by omission for any length of time because that's, number one, dishonest, and number two, it's going to get nowhere. If you if you think you're going to – like, it would be much worse if you are lying about living with your parents and then drop this on them three months into it. No matter how much they like you, they're going to be very upset. So, right. So, yeah, so you, can, you kind of find a – middle ground to drop it in there kind of near the beginning but not at the very beginning so at least you get to establish yourself a little bit before introducing some things like before showing her the bad side of the stake basically so mm-hmm. that's that's what i'd advise there and and i wouldn't be too worried about that as far as just being able to date in the first place might these things be a hindrance as far as getting a, a steady girlfriend yes and it, especially as you get older uh you know a lot of times a 40 year old woman dating a 40-year-old man, if she hears he lives with his parents and has no money, she's going to run the other way no matter how much he likes. The, likes the other aspects about him. So you do have to work to correct these things about yourself and not to just accept, expect everyone's going to accept you for who you are. Uh, at the same time, that's not a complete hindrance to getting dating going in the first place. You should do these things right. simultaneously. You should also, you know, If you want to date, you can date, and then also you should try to work on yourself to where if you're not in the place in life where you should be at your age, then you should try to correct these things because nobody owes you a date. Nobody owes you a relationship. And if you have some deal breaker, major issues about your life, then it's going to hinder you the whole way. I have two clients that I'm working with who both, both of whom have just graduated last month. And up until then they were living with mom, you know, it's understandable. And they both have job opportunities, job offers, but because of COVID, the first one, uh, his job doesn't start until July one. And the second guy, his job doesn't start until September one. So, um, you know, these are understandable situations. So maybe in the meanwhile, uh, you know, you rent an Airbnb or go to a hotel or do something fun or whatever. I mean, I, I agree maybe you shouldn't, you should downplay it a little bit, but on the second or third date, if it's going really well, you know, just fess up. It's, you can, there's always workarounds to everything. And there's always reasons to everything. There could be, it could be a temporary setback. I have a third client who is getting, uh, his current job doesn't pay that much. He doesn't feel so good about the money. But he, you know, after working with me now, he's getting this really great job that's coming up that's going to, like, be able to have enough disposable income where he has extra money where he can date. So all of these things are solvable. So... Just look at the bright side and how are you going to get from A to B. Oh, also I wanted to talk about the daytime date. I absolutely concur with you. Um, in the beginning, I was going on coffee dates. I figured, okay, my time is valuable. I can get in. I can get out in under an hour. I love coffee. This is great. Every single one of those dates went nowhere. Every single one. And when I moved it to like the 5 to 7 p.m. hour, the dates went measurably better, 100% better. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, right. And that's uh, There's something about the mood. 
you know, because the daytime dates, I was I was pressed for time. I didn't want to spend two hours with you, even if it was going well. It's like I had stuff to do back at the office. I had to get back to my desk. I had to work on this report, that phone call, whatever I was doing. I didn't have time for you, and my my um, I was distracted. My attention wasn't fully on you. Whereas when it's the end of the day, you can relax. And, and I do still advise only keep the date to one hour or less because it creates excitement for date number two. But when you switch it to the nighttime date, I don't know. It's like the mood is better. The lighting is better. Everybody looks good. I don't know. It's just a, a way better move. So it, I agree it, with you on it, that. It definitely is. And there's no question. And I figured that out for myself as at around, I think it's around <laughs> age 20. I was like, wait a minute. There's, I'm noticing a pattern here. And then I changed it. And it was, it was sometimes tough. It was sometimes tough when the, the girl would actually really be excited to meet me and, and want to go out at 12 p.m., 1 p.m. And I go, no, 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 no. Like I, I'd have to find an excuse for why I wouldn't or just say, let's do this instead. I, I and as tempting as it was to meet her a day earlier, I, right. I just I I couldn't do it, and I knew it was a mistake. One other thing, as far as the initial meetup, since we're on that topic, if if you are meeting through an app or some form of uh, other blind date means, yeah, uh, never meet with others that either you know or they know. You should go meet uh, in a neutral place where neither of you know anybody. So all of the attention can be on each other. Do not – like she says, oh, I'm, I'm out for drinks with my friends tonight. How would you like to come along? Huge mistake. I tried that. A disaster. Never do that. Why? Because you become the third wheel instantly because she's very familiar with her friends. She lo- she loves being with her friends. She pays attention to her friends. She doesn't know you. There's always some awkwardness to a first date, and it's very easy to fall back into the familiar, and that's what they will do. If they're If they're with three friends and you, and this is the first date – then she's going to talk to the friends more than you because the friends she knows very well. It's it's easy and comfortable to talk to them. With you, there's a little awkwardness because you're just meeting. So you, you, you can't have that. Don't have people that you know either. The same thing can happen. You don't want people you know there. And also, if she has her friends there, not only do you have to impress her, you have to impress her friends too. Yeah, you're dating by committee. Yeah, so so, so. and there's always one girl, and ha- probably has nothing to do with you, the guy, but she's jealous for some reason, or maybe she's not hooked up, or doesn't have a boyfriend, or like whatever her personal saga is, she's out to get you. Yeah, and it may not, and it may not have anything to do with you. It's her own personal issues, but guess what? It's not going to go. I agree, it's not going to go well. And, and it, you gain nothing from it; it can only lose. If you add additional people there to judge you, all you can do is lose. There's, a, you, you may think, oh, what, what if all her friends love me too? Then it's going to really help. No, it, that, that'll help only a very little bit. It really matters what <laughs> she thinks. But but if they don't like you, it's going to kill you. So the. You should never meet there, and I've I've had to turn those down in the past too, where they invite me out to what sounds quote so fun to to meet tonight with all our friends, and and I go no, yeah. I I and a very simple answer to that. I'd really like to just meet up with you and and uh, have us to have focus full attention on each other since we're just getting to know each other, and that's yeah. I mean, the way I would say it is, you know what? I would love to go bowling with you and your friends, just not the first time. Yeah. Maybe that's date number four or five or whatever, but just not the first time right out of the gate. Yeah, and you should avoid that as long as possible until you feel some establishment has occurred because, again, if anything bad is said about you – uh, by by the friends, it can hurt you. So you don't want that to show up during the the relationship initial development phase. You don't want again that can be a momentum killer if her friends criticize you behind your back after uh, 
you interact with them. So you really want to try to keep that to a minimum or, or not do it at all until you feel it's well-established. And then it doesn't matter as much, even if your friends don't like you, it's going to be harder to get rid of you at that point. You're, uh, you're, you're already in. So that's, that's something to keep in mind. And some people make that mistake as well. I, ma- I made the mistake. I was young and inexperienced and did what I thought would sound fun. And then it turned out as, as within minutes of being there, like, Oh no, I made a big mistake here. So, so don't make that same mistake. And these are all things you can do to raise your chances of each date working out. But even with all of this, there will be some that fail and you have to accept that as well. And, Mm -hmm. and if they are failing, then just try next time. And I would really advise uh, talking to the person beforehand. So you you have a better idea of what they're looking for. Uh, You've already established some connection. Your, Your chance is much higher than a success. And, You'll, you'll have a much better experience with the whole thing. And uh, if you're one of the people who really has had very few dates in your life and you've had a very hard time with getting w- women to like you and you really have had very few dates and it, it's, it's come very hard for you, that's where I especially want to give you this advice. If you're, if you're a guy who easily gets dates all the time, then this, what I've just said, some of it I think you should still take to heart, but it's less important. If you really are one of the people who has struggled your whole life, where you've had a very hard time getting women to like you. Uh, That's where it's especially important to establish an emotional connection before you meet up. And that's because uh, you do that. It doesn't matter if you don't look perfect, if you're a little bit overweight, if if, if you're short, if you you don't have a lot of money. Uh, These things which which you may feel have been hindering you in your dating life uh, won't hinder you as much if you've already established an emotional connection. If she likes your personality, she really likes talking to you. Uh, once you meet in person, you, you pretty much have to just have to not mess up rather than impress them. And that's, that's mm-hmm. a big difference than having to start from zero and impress them. And that's, again, if you think about momentum, you think about uh, an object that's moving. If, if you come into the first date with it already moving, you just have to not stop it from moving. You have to just ride with it. If you start from zero, you you need all the you need to start it moving, which is much harder to do from zero. So that's why if you're one of the people who's been struggling, that's really what I would suggest. Uh, okay. I, I think I, I think if you start from zero, you if there are 10 avenues to meet somebody whether it's Oh, hi called it's from hey. Sacramento. I got an invite to call in. I figured I'd listen to the show for a little while and chime in. <laughs> Hi, Brett. How's, how's it going? It's, Thanks for calling in. It's pretty. Uh, thank you. The reason why I want to call in only because everything to the point, almost everything you guys have talked about, I've lived. I've lived from one and dated from one end of the spectrum to the other. I get it when you're like, you're broke, you're poor, if you're living with your parents, how you can't get the jump start to going to living really well life with your own house and your own cars and money. And yeah. my only tips are, man, cause I'm listening to you guys talk and it's hitting every point. The biggest thing I found is one, don't be desperate or too thirsty. If you're dating, I hate to say, be, not that you got jerk, but don't be too, um, um, too, too, uh, aggressive or forward. You just kind of take it real casual and stay in like second or third gear and it's easier when you're dating multiple people at different times that you don't focus on one person, then you get too desperate. You focus right. on different people at different times. 
And I like the only uh, night dates are the best as well. Only do nights. Um, a day date's only if you're established with someone. But like, I think the biggest and most important thing is you're be happy with yourself first. If you're working on yourself and trying to fix this and trying to get here and get there, you, it's, it doesn't work as well. And you're totally happy with where everything is, is going. Then dating's like an option. It just happens. It just it just happens for you. And, um, you know, and, and I think it clicks. I think one of the one throw out there, too, is to make yourself happy. If you're starting to get in the dating scene, look at what are, you, what, what are your clothes you're wearing. Do you know how to date when you can you know how to dress when you go out? Do you know how to you know, actually look good? The suit makes the man. But I also tell people, when it comes to dating, are you working out? I mean, don't work out to impress a woman. Work out to impress yourself. Look good. Right. Get healthy. Eat healthy. You know, impress yourself. And you don't have to, well, I have a date in two weeks. I got to hit it hard. You're working out every week to slowly improve yourself, and then she'll notice it. But you got to work on yourself first, and you're going to deliver a package, but you're not trying to deliver a package. Does that help? Absolutely, because when you're happy with yourself, it comes from your gut, and it oozes mm-hmm. that confidence or that that ease that you have with yourself. You're 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 you feel comfortable in your own skin, so to speak. So that absolutely mm-hmm. helps a new person. It absolutely will help actually any person. The guy that's starting from zero and the guy that's very well established. And I think a lot of guys too. And I'll say I've probably been in that boat before too. If you're dating someone. And yeah, a lot of guys want to get the woman to the bedroom. Don't don't give off that vibe. And what I found is like if you kind of want to make it to the bedroom, mm-hmm. don't. It, it will it will happen. Everything is up for me has been opposite when you least expect it. You don't try. If you just bring like I've gone on a date with a total strange woman that night, and I said, you know, I'm gonna go home now. She, you know, do you want to? You can either she'll say, can I go with you, or do you want to come back with me? They will. And it's like, you just come back and just hang out. And there's no obligation or whatever. And it usually leads to physical something physical. But, like, um, if you just thought, like, pushing it, you're not thirsty. And just things click when you're not trying to push it or make it click. And that's that momentum you're talking about. Yep. Good thing. To, to springboard off of that, Brett, what I would say is you don't want to be too standoffish, though. So what I recommend is there is a light touch just so she knows that you are interested on some level. And the light touch should just, you know, maybe you're telling a story and you brush up against her forearm or maybe you brush up against her thigh or you, you know, take her hand and pull her out of the car when you're when she's uh, exiting your car. Or, you know, you help her on with the sweater. If it's a cold night, you touch her shoulder. If there is zero contact and you're too standoffish, that could work against you as well. The girl might think, oh, well, he's not interested in me physically at all. I agree. Um, And I try to... Yeah, you don't have to go to second base, third base. I agree with you on that. But there's got to be... You've got to convey that you're not Mr. Nice Guy and you're not someone that she should unload her past boyfriend problems on. You know what I'm saying? Because then you get into that friend zone thing, and that's a zone that's really hard to get out of. And I've noticed, too, like the, the, uh, my real-life experience, what you're saying, like, oh, there's a certain restaurant I like to go to locally. And if we're going to go out to the car, sometimes I find the girl hold my hand on the way. There's that, ca- that one casual encounter, either... She'll hold yeah. my hand either expectantly or my, I might – normally I wouldn't do it, but if I, if I happen to do it, somehow somehow the hand gets held, and like, you're like, okay, that's, that's an icebreaker right there, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I did, I, I, everything you said, especially Todd. Todd said a lot of stuff too. Like, I keep hearing the show. I'm like, man, I've been there before. I've been, there. I've done that. <laughs> but it's funny when you actually lived it. It's not just words that are being spoken. I you know, think. I think for the. Caller. I think for the new guy, for the guy that really does have inertia for the reasons that I named before, you know, money, lives on mom's couch, whatever it is, I think for those people, if there are 10 avenues to date somebody, let's say the avenues could be um, a dating app or meeting somebody at a bar or maybe he likes to play golf every Wednesday or maybe he's doing a, a do-it-yourself car wash and he meets somebody that way or he's got a local coffee shop that he likes or whatever it is. Let's say there's 10 avenues. If you're starting from zero, you got to do all 10. I think right – I mean, Todd is way more established and he understands momentum and he understands what chess pieces he can add and remove, but the new guy doesn't know all those tricks yet. So you got to try all 10 and say, oh, that coffee shop thing works for me or, oh, you know, I'm standing around at the car wash. Maybe I'll talk to that pretty girl over there. And so you got to like weed out stuff that does uh, work versus stuff that doesn't work to find your balance. You're not going to know all that day one. You just got to try them all and see what works. And, and I can tell you off of that of experience, I, again, like any, anytime I don't expect something to happen is when it does. And if I'm <laughs> at the airport, it seems like if I'm at the airport, uh, yeah. just to board a flight, yeah. I, women, women will talk to me and like, and like they'll engage me and then we'll meet up afterwards. And then I even, on a plane, I met a flight attendant. She was working on the plane and she came and sat on duty. She came and sat down next to me. We dated for 14 years off and on. Wow. And uh, it was kind of serious, but it's like, it's always me not planning. I think you can't plan a lot of stuff. It just happens. You don't see it. I think that might've been for Todd too. Uh, I, can, I think he'll uh, attest to that. So it's just kind of like, um, don't plan it. Be self-confident and know what you're doing, where you're going, what's happening. And sometimes it just falls. It's ne- you're never, when you're looking for it, it doesn't usually happen. It's, it's just the way it is. I wish we could be more in control and not like ordering a pizza online or something. You can just order up a date or a relationship. It just doesn't usually work like that. So would you take it one step further to say expect the unexpected? Or is it just completely um, random and it just falls from the sky? Yeah, I don't usually expect it. It's, to be honest <laughs> with us, like every time, every time I think one way, the opposite happens. I think, okay, this girl's not interested in me. And then she's calling me up afterwards. Um, it's just always not wow. expected or never planned. It is always the opposite. Like I met up with a girl I dated last night. We went, we met up and I didn't think I was going to hear from her again because she just got divorced and, and she blocked my number for a while. She just needed time to herself. And so mm-hmm. I just totally wrote this person off forever. I'll never see this person again. She texted me yesterday and said, let's meet tonight. And we met up that night, last night. And I pretty much wrote this person off forever. I'm never going to see this person again. I wow. did not plan it. And it just, it just happened. So had a good time. Nice. Yeah. So, but I like Todd on the show too. He's a great co-host. I, I hope you have him on more often. I would love to. Todd, if you're willing, yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll have to recircle this one on a different topic, of course. But, yeah, I love having Todd, Todd on. Yes. That's why I like Todd on the show, too, because he, he says stuff every time. That's why I recommend him, too, is he'll say something, and he goes, I did this, and I did that. And he admits that he had failure in the past, 
and this didn't work, and I'm a reg- kind of like a regular guy. And when you hear him say this stuff, it punches the buttons in your head. I've done that. That's happened to me. And yeah. so you know you're not the only one. Like Todd, he makes it you're like, hey, it's like a, it's on a regular guy level where you can understand it. Got it. And I want to thank you, Thanks, uh, Brett. I want to thank you for um, asking Todd to come on the show. So good call there. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one time he stood in for you a couple of years ago, and he did a pretty good – it was on a live terrestrial radio show, and he stood in, and yep. he had some of the background, so he was able to kick it and, like, like make it move along. So that's it worked out good. Yeah, he did a great job. That's when I had my car accident. Yeah, he did two shows, and he did great. Yeah. Always good. Well, thanks, guys. I'll let you go. All right. Thank thanks, you, Brett. Brett. Thanks a lot. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Any uh, closing words? Um, I think we're going to close out the show here. Yeah, I pretty much said what I have to say here. Uh, I appreciate you having me on here. I enjoyed coming on here. I enjoyed giving my perspective on these issues. I know that uh, with, with these type of things, Linda and I, we're, we're not 100% aligned with, with every opinion about this, but we're, we're pretty close. A lot of times uh, I'll see Linda's advice that she posts for men uh, in her uh, on her website or a Facebook group, and, and I'll say, yeah, that, that like I totally agree with this. Like some of these things I discovered over time dating myself uh, 20, 25 years ago, and I said, yeah, this is exactly what I discovered. This is very good advice. So uh, sh- even though we're not 100%, we're, we're, we're pretty close, and if you listen to a lot of what she has to say, you'll prevent yourself a lot of heartache and frustration. <laughs> Thank you so much. I most appreciate it. And you've got a lot of juicy advice too. It's it's very relevant and you have a way of speaking where I think it's easy for the listener to understand what you're saying. So I always appreciate that. Okay, and I'll be glad to come on some other time in the future if you'd like to talk about some other subject. Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll talk about that offline and we'll we'll make that happen. Um, thanks everybody for joining us. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. You were on with my guest co-host today, Todd Wattellis. I would like for you guys to join us tomorrow on tomorrow's show. We're gonna be talking about height discrimination, especially with dating apps, how there's a lot of guys that, that feel, um, you know, they're inappropriately judged because they're a lesser height, that they're not, you know, six feet oh and, and above. So that's tomorrow's topic. Need you to join us right here on Blog Talk Radio forward slash DT Linda Gross forward slash DT Linda Gross. All right, that's uh, it for now, and we'll catch you on the next show. Thanks again, Todd. I appreciate it. <laughs>